Hey, so one of my favorite things to do is sit and read the reviews that you all have left because it reminds me that this podcast does matter and that I am speaking to real people. When you are talking to yourself into a phone or a computer alone, sometimes it's easy to forget that there are real people out there listening and that what you're doing does matter. If you have left a review, thank you so much. If you have not had the chance to leave a review, would you do that today? It helps others in need of hope find this podcast and know that it's actually worthwhile and worth their time listening to. If you don't have the time to leave a review today, though, would you simply leave a rating? All it takes is the tap of your finger. My favorite ratings are five-star ratings, and your review may even be featured on our social media if you have the chance to leave a review today. So thank you for supporting the Weather Channel. Now back to the show. Hey, friends. So today I want to share with you the story of our new home that we are in the process of buying. We just went under contract this weekend. As I am recording, it is November 24th, and we obviously are super excited, but there has been so much that has gone into this home search, and I know that 2020 has been a really hard year, not only for us, but for many of you for almost the entire world. (laughs) And so I wanted to share with you the story of finding our home and the way that the Lord has just been so faithful to encourage your heart. And this is not a cut and dry story. This actually is causing me to be a tad bit nervous because it is a messy story and it's pretty vulnerable. But I want to share with you to encourage you and remind you that God is faithful, that whatever you are facing right now, that however many times you've heard no from the Lord lately, that he has something so good. And I'm already spoiling things a bit. So I'm just going to dive in and share with you the story of buying our home. So we have attempted to buy a home three times since we've been married. We've been married for six years and all three times were a flop. We have waited six years to buy our first home. We have watched many of our friends buy their first homes, even their second homes and um, renovate homes and move their families into their homes. And we, like I said, have had to wait six years and we sat by and we absolutely celebrated with those people and it made us even more excited to have a place of our own. But um, we have waited for what feels like a really, really long time. During the first three years of our marriage, we had no idea where we wanted to put down roots. We, my oldest was born in Alexandria, Virginia. Ben was the pastor at our church. Um, As soon as we got out of college, I got a teaching job. He got a pastoral job in Maryland. We live right outside of Virginia, which is why Addie was born there. And um, we lived in the parsonage. And so we never had to buy a home. After Addie was born, we realized that we really wanted to be back near family and have some more support. Ben wanted to continue his education a bit with an apprenticeship program at the church um, that I grew up at. And so we decided to move back home to New York and we looked for a home. And 
it, like I said, it was a flop. We didn't find a home in our price range at that time that we loved or that we felt comfortable buying or honestly, our price range back then, we felt like it wasn't even worth it to buy. It was cheaper to rent a nice home and we couldn't afford a nice home. So we just felt like, you know what, we're going to rent right now. And like I said, we weren't sure where we wanted to put roots down. I wanted to be in New York and Ben felt very strongly about, some of you have heard the story and this is a story for another day, but um, he was going into the Air Force pararescue men program. Um, and so he wanted to be a military family. I did not... That was a whole thing. Uh, there's, there is a blog about it on my website, but like I said, that's a story for another day. Um, and we, we longed for a place of our own, but we didn't know where we wanted to put down our roots. And so uh, we looked at homes in New York twice. The second time was actually right before my cancer diagnosis. We thought that we were going to be in New York for a long period of time, that Ben was going to go into the military, um, and then I got diagnosed with cancer. And actually, we thought the, um, before I was diagnosed with cancer, we thought that my health problems were from mold in the townhome that we were renting, and so we were really itching to get out of there. Obviously, it didn't end up being mold. It was cancer, but we were in a rush to get out of that townhome and buy our own home. But then we got the cancer diagnosis, and Ben had to turn down the opportunity to go through the pararescuemen pipeline, as they call it, and um, turn down the opportunity to buy a home. So, cancer came along and we moved across the country twice. Once we moved to California and then we moved from California to Georgia. And during our time in California, we lived in about 13 different Airbnbs. If I'm being totally honest, we cannot even remember how many Airbnbs we stayed. And we should really go back to our records on our Airbnb account and count them. But we are pretty sure it's around 13. Might be more, might be less. And we also stayed in my cousin's home at the time, which was, it was wonderful to be in my cousin's home. But the Airbnbs, they, I mean, it was just chaos. As you can imagine, we packed up our stuff about every two weeks. Sometimes it was a couple of days that we would be at one Airbnb and then we would have to move on. And as you can imagine, that created such a deep longing for us to have a place of our own. We knew that we were not going to move to California and but still that longing of just having a place of our own of setting down roots of creating traditions within our own home for our girls and some stability and a friend group and you know maybe near family and cousins and start have those traditions and all of that we were longing so badly for these things then we came to Georgia, and at the time when we came, we were just planning on visiting, um, not like for a vacation, but to continue my treatment and just be here for a short amount of time. We were thinking my treatment would finish up in about two to three months, and then we would go back to New York and kind of figure out what we wanted to do. We had no idea that we were going to fall in love with the area or the people or that God would kind of nudge us to stay here. I mean, 
truly there were there was no reason for us to want to stay here. We don't have we didn't have family here. We didn't know anybody. We had um the only reason why we were even in Georgia like I said was for treatment. And that wasn't really something that we were hoping to stick around for. But we found out that my treatment plan was going to be much more than 2 to 3 months and we fell in love with the area and decided to rent for a bit. And then that we would go back home after my treatment. But lo and behold, treatment took longer than expected. And like I said, we fell in love with the area, felt that nudge from the Lord. And we just decided, you know what, let's do it. Let's move here and see what happens. So we actually found out after uh, two to three months of my treatment that I was going to need more treatment. And at that point, we weren't able to afford a place to rent anymore. So we had to move in with a family that we really didn't even know from Adam, um, but who are now like family. (laughs) And we had to move in with them and so that I could continue my treatment because it was either a place to live or my treatment. And you can imagine that after living in 13 or so different Airbnbs and my cousin's home that, and now in this new family's home, that we were longing for a place of our own. Like, honestly, it was to the point where it was a bit humiliating that we couldn't afford a place of our own, that we didn't have a place of our own yet, especially after six years of marriage. Um, But nearly two of those years were spent um, fighting cancer. And so as we close on our first home, it is obvious to us why God said no each time. In New York, if we had bought, we would not have been able to just up and move across the country to seek the treatment that I wanted and needed. Um, that would have been disastrous. And what actually ended up happening when I got diagnosed and decided to go to California for treatment was we were able to leave the apartment that we were renting. And by God's grace, we only had one month left on the lease, but we were able to leave that apartment knowing that it wasn't ours and that it was in someone else's hands to take care of it. And our church actually packed us up. They packed up our entire townhome and turned in the keys for us and handed off where basically where we lived, our home, to the true owners. And we didn't have to worry about winterizing our home or paying a mortgage or anything like that. Our lease ended and we were able to focus on paying for treatment with our money. Um, So that was such a huge blessing. But friends, I just want to drive home the longing and the sadness and the feeling of almost just feeling like a wanderer in the wilderness of, Lord, where do you want us to put roots down? Why haven't we been able to buy a home yet? When are we going to buy a home? When am I going to not have to think about the next time that we move? Um, All of those thoughts. It was, and, and honestly, it, it was even hard on relationships because I felt like what is the point of getting to 
to getting close to people if we are just going to up and move. And so I found myself pulling back and shying away from getting really close to people. It was, it was really hard, really, really hard. But now we see why the Lord said no over and over and over for those first three years. And honestly, we wouldn't have been able to afford treatment for me if we had not moved in with this sweet family that opened their home to us. Um, And if we had bought a house when we looked last year in Georgia, we looked after a, a couple of months after treatment and after we decided that we wanted to move here and it just didn't work out again it was we just didn't feel a peace about purchasing a home and God was really clear and gracious in a practical sense that we didn't love any of the homes and we also felt like we wouldn't want to live here it wasn't exactly what we were looking for um, and just nothing worked out it just we didn't feel a peace about it we did feel so lonely, so out of place. We were in a new community, our community in Georgia. So many people here who were supporting us, not only financially, but emotionally. And, um, you know, that we were getting to know. And again, I felt like I don't have any place where I can invite these people into my home. I don't have any place where I, we love to host parties and birthdays went by, Christmas went by, All the holidays went by and we weren't able to host parties or invite people into our home and get to know them or even really feel like we were ministering to people and encouraging them without a home. It's actually really tricky to do that without a home because there's not much of a home base, pun intended. We did meet up at parks and and I was part of a few Bible studies and things like that, but it's just different when you don't even have a rental property where you can invite people into your home and really get to know them. I just think that that God speaks a lot in the Bible about hospitality and the blessing of it, and I think there's a reason why he speaks about it so much. I think that it is uh, in a, one of the most vital ways to minister to others and for others to minister to you and encourage you and uh, how we can raise our children and teach them values and traditions. Again, they're not mutually exclusive. I'm not saying that if you don't have a home of your own that you can't do those things. You absolutely can, and we have done them, but they're just harder. So as we are coming to a close on this new home, I am just reminded of God's faithfulness that I just see the Lord all over our story. And I have this entire time, but this has just been such a huge reminder to me of his faithfulness and his kindness. Only God could write a story this beautiful. Only God could provide us a dream home. It is truly a dream home as our first home after all of that waiting and after all of that heartache. And I was reminded this week as I was just trying to take in the fact that we are going to be able to move into this home that, like I said, is a dream and it is our first home. And there was a point where I I didn't think that we were going to be able to ever buy a home or ever put roots down. But in Job, we read about a story of deep, deep suffering, right? Job has suffered so much, but his story ends with healing and so much obvious kindness from God. And after the suffering is over, God allows Job to flourish more than he ever has in his life 
after the healing, after basically the second half of his life. And actually Job 8, 7 says, though your beginnings were modest, your latter days will flourish. And some versions say that you will be even richer in your latter days or more blessed in your latter days. Um, there are many different versions. And honestly, I, I read through all of them uh, via Google. And I was just, I just thought to myself, if this ain't what our life is right now, I don't know what is. Because when, I don't know if you caught it, but when we were looking at homes in New York, and even when we were looking at homes last year in Georgia, we just really didn't like much of what we saw. We felt like, ugh, we, for our price range and for the area that we're looking in, we're really not going to get much home. We, it, it just didn't feel like a home that we would be proud of. It didn't feel like we were in a place where we could buy a home and really be proud of it and feel like we could make it home. And so we were struggling the first, basically the first five to six years of our marriage to find a place that fit in our budget and to really love it. And it makes absolutely no sense. And this, this is what gives me chills. It makes absolute no sense. <laughs> like, just like that sentence I just said. It makes absolutely no sense that we are able to purchase a home like this after cancer treatment, after everything that we have spent to save my life, after everything that we have spent to travel across the country and stay in different Airbnbs so that I could get the treatment that I needed, on and on and on. It makes absolutely no sense, but God allows things like this to happen where the money doesn't match up, where it doesn't make sense that you would be able to flourish even more than you were before the tragedy, but God. And my soul this week cannot help but cry out God's glory and his goodness and his kindness. And I don't believe that in Job when he says to Job that though your beginnings were modest, your latter days will flourish. I don't believe that this is a promise to everyone who has suffered, but I do believe that it is reflective of God's character, which includes his kindness and his mercy. And friends, this home is so symbolic for us. It is truly a fresh start. It is a reminder, a tangible reminder of God's faithfulness and goodness, a reminder that even when it seems like he is withholding good, he is not. It's like a little nod to me to all of those times that I cried out and asked him why when we heard no. When I was sobbing and yelling in anger about our circumstances. It is a reminder to us that no from God is always for our best and that something better is to come. So our prayer for this home, I want to share this with you quickly and then I'm going to wrap up because it's actually quite late here, but I, it just... It blows my mind that he would be so kind and so good to us that, that truly, after a tragedy, we are flourishing more than before the tragedy. That it was all worth it, if nothing else. All of the suffering that I went through, for us to discover God's will for our life, 
to discover where he wanted us to put roots down. It, it was a funny avenue to get here. Cancer is not what I would have chosen. But if you remember in the beginning of this episode, I said that we were really struggling to figure out where God wanted us to put roots down, what God wanted Ben to do with his career, what was something that we could agree on and not only agree on, but both love and be passionate about and something that I could support him in because I think that's really important for the flourishing of the family as a whole. And the Lord took us from New York where we were arguing nearly every day and there was so much tension and conflict and anger and resentment about Ben's career and where we were going to put roots down and if we were going to buy a home or whether or not we could even buy a home because Ben was working a job that he had taken um, kind of just as like it was supposed to be a job that would connect him from point A to point B and he ended up staying there much longer than he thought. He fell in love with the people and it was an amazing job Um, but it, it wasn't a forever job for him. It wasn't a career job for him. And God took what seemed like the biggest disaster and tragedy and even mistake, dare I say, of our lives, which was cancer, and turned it into something so good and so beautiful and helped us discover through that, ultimately, where he wanted us to put roots down. And I say put roots down loosely. I, I do have open hands um, for that. I think that's, that's a huge lesson that I've learned through being diagnosed and just being so surprised by all of this. Like we don't say forever home, but we do say that, um, that you know, we're going to put roots down and that we are going to raise our kids here until further notice. And so God took a disaster and answered so many of our prayers in ways that we did not expect. Ben is now a firefighter, paramedic, and um, he, and he loves it. I love it. I am so excited for him. He came home the other day and said, I have never had a job where I'm actually sad when the shift is over because I love it so much and I want to stay there. Of course, he wants to come home to us and he made that clear, but I was so excited to hear that. Honestly, I will take it. Um, He was just, it was just so good for my heart to hear that. And it was just such a reminder that God is so faithful and that his no is for our good and that even when it feels so confusing and so just messy to to seek his will that he is there and he will answer our prayers he has taken a tragedy and he has answered our prayers in unexpected ways he has shown us what he wants Ben to do and not only has he shown us but we both love it we are both in cahoots about the career we know where he wants us to put down roots for right now so many prayers have been answered and so I want to share with you my prayer for our home because like I said just a few minutes ago I hold this house very loosely Because I have learned that nothing in life is permanent, that control is kind of a facade. After I was diagnosed, I realized that 
I was holding on way too tightly to success, to control, to my own security, to my desire to make enough money to finally feel secure and um, prove to myself that I can be a stay-at-home mom and also run a business and all of these things that I realized really don't matter. And cancer was such a gift because it it revealed to me where my heart was at and what was important to me. And it gave me the opportunity to let go of those things that I realized weren't actually important. And so for us, as I mentioned, this home is not only symbolic, but it is also a tangible reminder to us of what we have been through and what the Lord has taught us. And so our prayer for this home is that the lonely would feel overwhelmed with love and overwhelmed with a sense of others, our family mainly, wanting to get to know them. Not look at them as a project, but to actually get to know them and love them as people and as God's creation. We pray that it would be both our safe haven from the world and that it would be a safe haven for the world from the world. We pray that this home would help us be a people of remembrance, most importantly, that we would remember God's perfect provision, his perfect peace, his perfect presence, especially in our darkest hours these past almost two years, that we would never grow so comfortable in our cozy home that we forget that there are people suffering just like we were not so long ago. And if I'm being honest, this is the most important thing for me to remember, that I can never get so comfortable again that I am taken by surprise when I am faced with suffering. I want to be prepared to suffer because I think that Christ calls us to a life of suffering and that we should expect it and that when we're taken off guard that that shows that our hearts have not been prepared to suffer and that we have been possibly holding on to some things that were really insignificant. Um, and so I, it scares me, honestly, y'all, if I'm, if I'm being real, real honest, it scares me to think about forgetting about what we have gone through and turning back to my old ways, turning back to finding comfort and happiness in work or in, um, any of the things that in money or any of the things that I was finding comfort in before. And it also really scares me and it just breaks my heart to even think about growing so comfortable in our home that we forget to serve and encourage those who are suffering, who again, just like us, just like we were just a couple of months ago even. And this is not to say that, oh, life is perfect now and we're not suffering anymore because we have found where we're going to put our roots down. We have found a career for Ben. We've found a home. We are still suffering, but we have come so far and we have, um, we are definitely more encouraged and we definitely have more wisdom and more strength than we did when we started. And so it scares me to think about forgetting those things and going back to where we came from. And by God's grace, that will not happen. But just being honest here. 
Um, and the last part of, of the prayer for our home that I have is that whenever our children ask us the story of our home, that the first thing that we would speak of is God's faithfulness. That every time someone asks about how we found our home or what number home this is for us or any of those questions, any time that the conversation can come up, that it would go back to God's faithfulness, that it would go back to the beautiful story that only he could write. So friends, I pray that today this encourages your heart. Like I said, especially if you're hearing no, especially if you are uncertain about where to put roots down or what job to take or if you're going to get married or what you want your life to even look like or if you've just been diagnosed with something and you have no idea what life is going to look like for you I pray that this encourages you we heard so many no's and we were so heartbroken but but God here we are but God he has answered our prayers not in the way that we want would have wanted not the way that we expected but in the way that was best for us and that we can look back and say look at what God was doing when we asked ourselves where is God all right let me pray for us and then we will go continue about our day and our lives God it brings me to tears thinking about your faithfulness in our lives and it gives me chills thinking about you being there with us when our hearts were so broken and we were asking, where are you, God? What are you doing? Why are you saying no? And you knew all along and you were whispering, trust me, I am here. No is a not right now, but I have a better plan for you. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you that you were there with us. God, I I pray for my friends today who are feeling like we have felt for the past six years, um, just heartbreak and confusion and frustration and anger and fear. God, I pray that those feelings would dissipate, that your spirit would come and touch us and encourage us, God, that you would lift up our chins and remind us of your presence and of your perfect plan, God. Thank you for this podcast and for this opportunity to encourage and to do ministry right here from my home. Thank you so much, God, for the nudge to do this. Lord, it's brought me so much joy and encouragement, and I pray that it would bring my friends the same. I pray these things in your name. Amen. Real quick, so my mom recently asked me how people can support this show, and I realized that if my own mother isn't clear on how to support the show, you probably aren't either. If you are blessed by this show and would like to support this ministry financially, the easiest way is by sending a donation via PayPal, Venmo, or sending a check. For my Venmo or PayPal information or an address to send a check, check the show notes or visit allychristian.com podcast. This show takes multiple hours each week to produce, and it's such a blessing to be able to give back a monetary gift to my family in exchange for the time they sacrifice with me each week for the show. My goal is to keep this podcast as ad-free as possible, and donations make that possible. So thank you to those of you who will give and to those who have given. And P.S., if you can't give, you are still welcome here. Please continue to enjoy the Weather Channel. Now back to the show.